Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Last week, we looked at the subject of the entrance of sin into the world and saw that God found it necessary to drive Adam and Eve out of the garden, out of paradise, in order that the tree of life could be preserved. He allowed man then to go on about his business, and they multiplied. There became quite a number of people, and God looked down upon this old world, and he saw that all of mankind had become desperately wicked. So wicked that he even was sorry that he had ever made man and placed him here on earth. They were doing everything evil. And God was heard to say, I repent that I ever even made him. But he looked down and saw that, in fact, all were not wicked, for there was a man whose name was Noah. In the New Testament, he's called Noah. That's the slang for Noah. There is a family name by that name in Parkersburg. I don't know if it's familiar here. Noe, Noe. But it was the slang for Noah. He saw Noah and discovered that really Noah was not like the rest of the people of earth, that he was righteous. And Noah found grace, as you will find in the 8th verse of the 6th chapter of Genesis. Noah found grace, for as he refers to in the ninth verse, Noah was a just man. Noah walked with God. So God determined that he could not allow man to go on and exist as he had been living in all of this wickedness. And God said, I will destroy that world. I will destroy man that is upon it. But I will save Noah and his family, for he was righteous. Noah found favor. He found grace. Similar to the very favor of the very grace that God saw was necessary to grant unto Mary, the mother of our Lord. There were people who were righteous, few in number, but some who did not deserve to be destroyed with the rest. I don't know if any of you like Bill Cosby as a comedian like I do, or if you've heard his little skip on knowing. I, I want to do a little bit of it. I'm going to have to use the mic to, to uh, emphasize it a little bit. So, uh, Have any of you heard his little thing on Noah and the, the flood? One. Good. I only have one. It's going to have to question whether I do it right. Let me see if this is on. Is it on? It's on. Okay. Uh, this, is, this is for grammatization only. Picture, if you will, Noah has come home from a hard day at work. He's only 600 years old. 
He's sitting out on his front porch with a glass of lemonade in his hands, enjoying life. And suddenly, Noah, yes, Lord, I want you to build an ark. All right, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yes. What's an ark? The Lord said, never you mind what an ark is. I'll give you what you need to build. I want you to build it 450 feet long and 150 feet wide and 45 feet deep. I want you to put a door in it and a window. You don't need a sail. You don't need a rudder. Just build it by those dimensions. Make it out of cypress wood, the same wood that you make coffins out of. And I want you to put pits in all of the cracks so that it will be sealed up. By the way, pitch and atonement is the same word. Something that seals up. Yes, Lord. So Noah begins to build his ark according to the instructions that God had given. Six hundred year young man with his three sons begins to build an ark in his front yard, perhaps in his driveway, if you can imagine how you would do it. The neighbors began to come by and say, hey, Noah, what are you building there? And Noah saying, I'm not going to tell you. And the people say, oh, come on, give us a hint. Noah says, all right, I'll give you one hint. How long can you tread water? So he built the ark. He filled it with pitch so that it would not leak. He put in the door as God had commanded him, and the window. And he sat back now to enjoy the, the uh, evidence of his work. And no one knew what it was or what it was for except Noah. For God had told Noah that he was going to bring a great flood upon the earth. Noah. Yes, Lord. Good Lord, what does he want now? I want you to go out and get two animals of everyone on earth, a male and a female, and those that are clean animals bring seven pairs and put them on the ark. Now that's a pretty good order. He had some problems because the horse did not want to go up in front of the lion. And you could imagine why. He had trouble getting the giraffe to dip his, to dip his neck down far enough to get under the door. And the hippos were nearly impossible. And he pushed and sweat and pulled and tugged until finally the hippos were, were on and all the animals were on. Noah. But those hippos were both female. I told you one male and one female. Now take one of them off and put another one on. 
Do you realize how much trouble I had getting those two things on there? If you don't want to change them, you do it. I'm not going to do it. And besides, if you look down in the bottom of that ark, you see that mess down there. Who's going to clean that up? I'm not going to clean it up. No, uh, what? How long can you tread water? Well, I'll just use that to dramatize the fact that, that uh, Noah had a job on his hands. And it probably didn't go quite like he would have desired that it go. But God ordered him to prepare an ark, and he put the ark in place. He put the animals on board. And then the Lord said, Noah, it's time you get on board. And Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives got on board the ark. And God shut the door. Noah had charge of the window, but God had charge of the door. Folk, let me say this. Only those people who are on the ark will escape the condemnation that God has ordained against this whole world. Inside that ark were the great crowds of people who had stood around and watched Noah build the ark and wondered what it was all about. Maybe Noah told them and he didn't hold them in abeyance like the little story suggested perhaps he did. But no one got on board except Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives. Jesus gave us a parable of the ten virgins when finally the five wise ones got to the wedding feast the scripture says the door was shut and when the, wise, the foolish ones came knocking on the door to get in they were refused entrance this is God's finality when God does something he doesn't completely he gives man a chance, but he will close the door. If you're not on the ark, you're going to be lost in the flood. Well, here is Noah and his family in the ark. The door is shut and the people are outside laughing, mocking this foolish old man. He must be touched in the head. How crazy can you be? to build such a monstrosity 145 feet long with all of those animals inside what is the meaning of all of this day one nothing happened God said to Noah I'm going to destroy this world with the flood well, nothing happened. Day two, the people laughed a little harder on the outside and mocked Noah. And Noah sat quietly. Day three, 
date for us. And I can imagine that his sons begin to look sideways at him a little bit and wonder, have we really found for this? But they remained faithful. Day six came, and the laughter was hard on the outside, and mockery, and they banged on the side of the old ark, letting Noah be aware that they were out there, and that they thought he was crazy, and there was no point in an ark that he'd been talking about for safety. And then suddenly on the seventh day, there was such a tremendous roar. Sad to say that back in that day, the earth probably was circled with a huge circle of vapor, water vapor, and probably it was even frozen. Well, you know, the scripture says that it had not rained yet upon the earth. The water had been, or the earth had been watered by a mist. There had never been a rain. And suddenly the skies opened up, and scientists think that this huge ring of vapor, water vapor, and perhaps ice that had formed around the earth from the very beginning, let loose, and the deluge of the water came down in literally by the buckets. But not only that, but the water that was under the surface of the earth came up, artesian wells such as uh, this world has never seen, and the waters began to rise. And the laughter of the people on the outside turned to cries. As a flood that the world had ever seen began to take place. You all will recall that we had a West Virginia flood in 1985, in the fall. I worked nine days in Marlington, Petersburg, Franklin area in the midst of all of that flood. And I can tell you, I have never, never in my life seen such destruction and never want to see it again. It was unbelievable what that water did, what it moved and what it destroyed. Nearly 8,000 head of cattle and as nearly many sheep and millions of turkeys and chickens were strung all up and down those hollows. They're rotting in the sun after the flood was over. And bodies, human bodies, were searched for and found torn to bits, shredded by the, the efforts of that water. And to this day, some of those bodies have never been found. It made no difference then that if you had a million dollars in the bank or you had nothing, there was no place to get anything to eat until the army came in and set up food. I was never so glad to see the army in all my life, for I didn't think about taking food with me when I left or water. And I suddenly discovered that that was a very drastic oversight on my part, for there was no place to buy a loaf of bread or a sandwich or even get a safe drink of water. And when I saw that tent, the Salvation Army was there ahead of time, and the Red Cross, and finally the Army itself set up. I was glad for whatever they could hand out, for that's all there was. Finally, when the schools were able to open up and, and set up their kitchens, we got school cooks in to do the cooking. We had some good food. I never ate better after they got on the job. But until then, it was fine, but, uh, and I was glad to see it, but it wasn't anything too fantastic. 
But I went through the lines to eat with those people. I remember on one occasion, as I stood in line to get my tray, like everybody else had to do in that community, I saw flowers on the table. And I thought, my, who was thoughtful enough to go somewhere and bring flowers and get put on the table? And then it hit me. This represented the generals of the people with whom I was eating. They had lost their loved ones for the school. A lady was in line in front of me, and, and she went up to the table to get her food, and a lady behind the table, the two had a conversation. The one in front of me said, Oh, I had worried about you and wondered what happened to you. I hadn't seen you. She said to her, Did you lose much? And the lady behind the table said, I don't know. I haven't had time to go home to find out, but I think I lost everything. There she stood behind the table serving food in the midst of losing everything. One of the men that I worked with was uh, within the health department in that particular county. Lost everything he owned except what was on his back. And I tried to get him to leave work and go take care of his own affairs and see about his, his things. And he said, no, there's too much to do. Destruction that you can't believe. But listen, I tell you that only to say this. There was never a destruction in the eastern part of West Virginia like the destruction in the days of Noah. When the people cried out for salvation, but they were too late to get on the ark, for the door was already shut. The waters came up, and the ark began to float. For all those animals and eight people. For a hundred and fifty days they floated aimlessly over the waters of the earth. The waters rose higher and higher until finally this old ship sat down on Mount Ararat. Sixteen thousand two hundred and fifty-four feet above sea level. And here was a ship. The ark of safety settled down on the top of that mountain. Let me tell you about the day that it settled down. It was the same day of the month and the same month that Jesus Christ arose from the grave. Are you in the ark of safety? The scripture says that God remembered Noah and his family on that ark. He remembered them. And finally, after seven days of waiting for the waters to recede after this ark had settled, God said, now it's time. You may now go forth. And Noah opened up that old ark and let those animals out and he and his family stepped out on dry ground because the Lord had commanded them to go forth. 
I believe that you and I as Christian people are resting securely in an ark that God has provided, and the day is coming that we're going to step out on new ground too. We're going to step out in the presence of God. And the first thing that Noah did was build an altar, and he and his family worshipped God. What are you going to do when you step out of the old ark on new ground? Are we not going to do the same thing that Noah did and praise God for our safety? He provided an ark through Jesus Christ to give us security. God was pleased with Noah. I hope he'll be pleased with us. I hope he'll say the words to me and to you that he recorded in the 25th chapter of Matthew in verse 21 when he said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you rule over many. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. You think your life is such that those words can be said over you? Are you in the ark? Or are you one of those that stands outside the ark and laughs and scoffs at those that are within? The Lord, folks, will try our patience as well. He wants to see if we're faithful. Oftentimes we pray and we don't think we get our answers. But listen, the day comes when we'll answer. The seventh day, the day of perfection, he brought it to pass. Wait on the Lord. And again I say wait. That's the scripture. Are you in the ark? If not, won't you join those at all? Become a part of those who will be safe and secure. You hold on to God has provided in Jesus Christ our Savior. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.